Welcome to Cocktails and Capital, the working on your business podcast that feels more like grabbing a drink with your best friend. I'm your host, Sarah Tatum, that best friend. I'm the owner of Tatum Accounting, where we invite our clients to take a vacation from their bookkeeping. In this podcast, I'm going to give it to you straight. Talking points and vague tips, we don't do that here. There's a bunch of noise out there in the entrepreneur community, especially when it relates to finances. And when you're trying to run your business, you just don't have time for that. And I know that you would rather be doing literally anything other than recording expenses and logging into your accounting software. So I'm bringing you practical advice without any of the fluff, just like your best friend would. So turn the volume up, grab your gin and tonic, and let's dive into this week's theme. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Cocktails and Capital. Today, we have a very special guest on. My dear friend, Katie, Katie Pro, Love and Lettering by Katie. Katie is also a military spouse. If you don't know, Tatum Accounting is full of military spouses. And so we have some unique experiences and Katie and I are going to kind of divulge our military spouse secrets, disdains, <laughs> happy thoughts well, about it. Yeah. <laughs> Not so, all of them, though. We have to keep some of those We secrets. have to keep some of them secrets, yeah. Those are only good for Facebook groups and angry mom groups. So <laughs> otherwise they stay inside. But anyway, Katie, thank you for coming on today. I'm really glad that you agreed to do this with me. Yes, thank you so much for having me. I was very excited to see the invite. Yes, well, we love you here, so we're happy to have you. So you are Love and Lettering by Katie. If you have not already followed Katie on Instagram, you really should because she has some really funny reels and memes and posts super cute pictures of her adorable dog, Maverick. And you should go follow her on Instagram. But you also have a shop on a platform called Spousely, which is pretty much like Etsy for the military first responder community. I would love to know what your experience has been like as a military spouse with the small business moving. I know you moved from one base to the other and kind of took a break from your spousely shop on that time and how that affected you. So give me your story. Give me the full spiel. All right. On well, let's, dot, let's dive right in. First things first, I am an Air Force spouse of 15 and a half years. And prior to having my own small business, I was actually a nurse. So I worked in the nursing world for 12 years and we were in an assignment in Alabama when dear old COVID hit and my job went to like a halt. I was just working as needed at the time and I was not needed. So I got to go home and stay with my kids and get to deal with the whole homeschool aspect from from that standpoint when my spouse was also doing his school from home. So at that time I had it was a full house and we <laughs> were we were bored. We yeah did a yeah. lot of art projects or spent a lot of time outside. But I also at that time found a creative outlet with uh-huh. hand lettering and just on watercolors and different, just different arts and crafts. And not long, you know, after COVID started, we picked up and moved from Alabama to South Dakota. And in the process of that move, 
we just made the the best decision for our family. We had to pivot. Mm-hmm. And at that point, it made more sense for me to stay home with the kids than for me to go and find another nursing job at that time. And I took that opportunity to turn that creative outlet into a business. And so in September of 2020, I started my spousely shop and I started my small business. And mm-hmm. now I'm at a little over three and a half years of having a business. And when we PCS'd or permanent change of station, we were in South Dakota for a, a little, like almost right on the nose, two years. And we moved in June of 2022. And we moved from South Dakota to Virginia. And in that time, I did have to shut down my spousely shop just because there were just too many other factors that needed my attention. And um, that's one of the the good things about having a small business is I was Uh able to put that on the back burner and focus on unpacking, getting my kids settled in school, figuring out where the closest Target, Michaels, and Starbucks are because of priorities. Priorities. When I started back up, I knew that it was probably going to be a little more beyond what I could was capable of with taxes mm. and just running the business and, and making things things legal. I previously had a sole proprietorship when we were in South Dakota, but when we moved uh-huh. to Virginia, I knew I wanted to start an LLC and kind of feel a little more official in that uh, mm. aspect. And I also realized that I was very behind on my books. And that's when I found Sarah Tatum. Yes. yes. I had so been following her for a little while and I reached out and I said, I need help. Can you help me with this backlog of receipts and paperwork and Excel spreadsheets that have not been updated in forever? And she helped me. <laughs> yes. And she's we still did. helping me with that. In many, many ways. You're not... We'll just touch on that for a second. So you're not a current monthly client, but you are still taking advantage of like the fact that we're here and available for questions and things like that. And so like just to make that clear to everybody, we're not hiding behind a glass case like your bank teller where we are here. We are open. Mm-hmm. You know, you can ask me questions anytime that you need. But I do like if you leave, we're not just going to ghost you, which is which is a good right. thing. Because we have a relationship with our dogs and all of that. Yes. Yes. We bonded over our dogs. Maverick looked like a baby moose when he was a baby. And we thought Maverick was going to be a big boy. And he didn't know that turned out to be a big boy. He's a tiny boy. (laughs) But speaking of your QuickBooks file and your receipts and everything, and I think we started you on your QuickBooks file initially you did um you did we did for the first um gosh like half a year i would say i was a yeah full client you did all of Uh you did everything and then what's the um package that i am now the (laughs) office hours office hours that's right yeah that's right yep yep we don't even know but before that you were if I remember correctly, it's been a really long time, but you were kind of using Spousely just for like income tracking. And then we had expenses sort of in more of like a spreadsheet format. Correct. And then the dreaded shoebox of receipts as well. And you did not have a ton going on, but you like there's not you're not going out to Michael's and buying supplies every day. Right. But you did have expenses and it did get, you know, overwhelming for tracking. 
Do you feel like your decision-making got to a better place after you started using QuickBooks and started looking at your numbers and everything compared Absolutely. to where you were when you were just spreadsheet? Yeah. Oh, yes. I feel also that like I was held accountable because you would could see what I was spending my money on, to be honest. And the thought would be like, oh, gosh, I know she's not going to judge me, but Sarah's probably like, why is she at Starbucks? Like, no, just kidding. I have a separate, I do have a separate business bank yes. account, which we, you did help me kind of unmuddy those waters, I guess, when yeah. I created the separate business bank account and get yeah. everything totally clean off of our personal credit cards and all of that. And that gives me peace of mind knowing that everything is totally separate. My personal stuff is separate from my business stuff, but still in the back of my mind when I'm in Michael's, I'm like, do I actually need this? Will I use this? Will Sarah judge me? I just want to make it clear to everybody that I am not, not going in your accounts and judging. I know. <laughs> That's what we're here for. And like going through your, your income statement, going through your cash flow and everything is, is so important. And also in trying to figure out how much to charge for your products, which I know I've hammered on on this podcast a few times, but looking at what you're actually spending and what your cost per item really is and what it boils down to is so important, especially when you're in a product-based business like you are. And with your products, they're not these big products that are being sold. Some of them are digital. Some of them are downloads. Some of them are stickers, which may not look like they cost a lot to make, but depending on the cost of materials and where you're getting materials from, it can cost a little bit. And you also... You know, you have your shirts, you have other things that you're selling. And so it's important to look at these diverse pockets of products that you're making and figure out what exactly you need to charge or make money on all of those products. We have also Absolutely. talked about it's more than just the materials, too. It's the yeah. time and it's the mm -hmm. machines and all of those other things that I think a customer doesn't necessarily always take into account. But those things in the background that still are required to make said product. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So in being a COVID business like like me, do you find that COVID kind of, did it hurt being a small product-based business in the year of COVID? Have you seen like a slower growth than you think you would have if it wasn't for COVID? Or do you think you had maybe like an advantage being COVID-based? I feel like some people have a thought that they got a leg up because everybody was at home and spending more money and not going anywhere. So they had the the time to shop and, you know, spend money on things like that. And some people feel like their business would have been better off if it wasn't for COVID. But then in the same instance, we may not have had the opportunity to do these businesses if it weren't for COVID because you may have, you might still be nursing. Right. I, I is completely I, I have no idea really how to answer that because I don't know. I having only been born out of a out of you know COVID, yeah. I I don't know what to compare it to. Yeah. And I have seen tremendous growth over the years. I think as I've gotten more comfortable with marketing my business and growing a social media account and just getting to know my customers and and building relationships with them. And I see the repeat customers coming mm -hmm. back and get to know them. And as a small business who is not, I'm not terribly large, but I'm still doing more 
than I was a couple of years ago. I do recognize there's the consistent going back. There yeah. is, and I'm grateful for it. But I, it's hard to say would it be better or worse had COVID not happened. And I, the answer is I don't know. And I don't know if I would have even started the business had it yeah. been for that. I mean, I very yeah. well could have stopped nursing just due to other circumstances based on mm-hmm. the temple of my spouse's job and yeah. just everything that's going on with the kids. But I don't know that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's very valid. Would you find that, because you do, like I said, have some really good reels um, and you have some good memes on there. Do you find that people gravitate toward those kind of posts and will order based off of like that kind of sarcasm, sassiness, or like what's your, what is your measure of success with your marketing and your product sales? I do believe a hundred percent that they do relate to a lot of that. And there yeah. has been more, I think, humorous content, but I find that I try to sprinkle the motivational, inspirational just as much. So it is mm-hmm. both. It's probably 50-50 between both inspirational and and humorous content, but I feel like the more that the more relatable that my content can be, sometimes I am building a, a relationship behind the scenes, and it is more likely that I will get a customer out of that, get an order yeah. out of that. But yeah, again, I don't, I, I don't, yeah, we don't know. really know. I don't. I'm not seeing the metrics. I mean, I guess I am looking back to see who's visiting the link, but I don't uh-huh. necessarily know then if that purchase comes from that link or they went to a different mm-hmm. browser or they found me some other way. Yeah. Do you, so when you started the business, did you start straight off with Spousely or did you like gravitate towards Etsy or? Because I'll be honest, I didn't, I had no idea Spousely was a thing until I met you. And it is a really, really cool platform. If if you are listening and you haven't looked at it yet, you absolutely should. And we'll leave a link in the show notes. But for as long as I've known you, you've been on there. And yes, I know it's I, also fairly new. So I was curious on how you found it. So I have only been on Spousely. I have found the platform probably within a month after they launched and it started for military spouses in the military community or veteran community, but the um, platform is also opened up to the first responder community as well. Yep. But I do want to point out that anyone can shop on Spousely. You don't have yes. to have a military or first responder, first responder affiliation to shop there. Anyone can shop. It's just the vendor side has to have that. Yes. Yes. I have thoroughly enjoyed Spousely. I think it's a great platform. I think just watching your business, it's been a great platform for you. And it's allowed you, I think, to go into more locations and be in front of more people than a big, big platform like Etsy would be. Not right. that Spousely small, but Etsy, we all know, is pretty oversaturated. Right. Yeah. And so for you, you have this cool little chart that you're trying to fill all 50 states with your orders. Yes. And I think we were super close in 2023. I was. I was extremely close. I think I had only seven or eight states left to get to. But it is still my goal for 2024. And I'm going to work really hard to make those connections and to ship to all 50 states and Washington, D.C., even though I could just drive there in 45 minutes. But it'd be cheaper to ship it. 
it probably would be, and I wouldn't be swearing in the car because yeah. traffic. And if you, yeah. if you've been in the Northern Virginia you've never area, been to DC. Driven, yeah. yeah, if you've driven I ninety five, you totally yes. understand why. So with that, going into the fifty states, have you found that? I know the answer already. Have you found that tracking your sales tax has gotten any harder with being in multiple states? What kind of process are you using for your sales tax, I guess, would be the better question because you do ship to multiple places. We do have to keep track of how many transactions we have to certain states during the year. If you don't already know, you should go listen to my sales tax episode because it'll explain everything. Um, Right. But we have to keep track of how much we're selling to certain states, what kind of state they are for sales tax. So what does that kind of process look like for you? I know spousely tracks some sales tax. Yes. So I know that, you know, a lot of it is related to how many transactions you have per state or if you meet a certain threshold for, you know, sales. Economic threshold. Yes. Correct. That. Those (laughs) words. Those words. (laughs) I am paying attention to that, but I do, I don't meet those standards for mm-hmm. 48 of the states. Only right. two, when I started my business in South Dakota, obviously I did apply for a sales tax license there. And even though we moved since moved to Virginia and I had my Virginia sales tax license, I do continue to submit my South Dakota sales tax because I do have a very a large portion of my sales do come, can continue to come from South Dakota because I built up that sales base from the two years that we were there. So I continue to submit my sales tax quarterly to South Dakota in addition to what I am paying in Virginia. And I, I think by paying attention to where I'm shipping in the back of my mind, I am paying attention to, okay, this seems like there's more, you know, yeah, packages headed to, you know, California or I'm in the back of my mind I am and I will be honest yeah. I don't have a spreadsheet on that yet we don't have a spreadsheet for it or anything but I do but think I, that like the I know the I math is helpful. how many yeah mm-hmm. yeah keeping track of where your products are going is pretty much step one and I would be more like insistent on you using a formal tracker if you were suddenly shipping like hundreds of packages a week or something or a day that would be insane but it just, would be a goal but it would be great. Like you would be posting a reel of you just crying on the floor. Um, Probably. And Maverick would be licking my face. And yeah. I, yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. That's what they're good for. But I do just want to like point out as an aside, if anybody's confused on why we're still filing sales tax in South Dakota, in addition to Virginia, the whole thing is, and we talked about this in the beginning of your work with us, is that moving from South Dakota to Virginia, even though you created a new registration in Virginia, excuse me, even though you created a new registration in Virginia, you still had an open presence within the state of South Dakota. And so with that presence, it never ended. You never stopped making sales there. It was always an open-ended presence. You were already paying sales tax. If you had suddenly never made a sale to South Dakota again, we could say, okay, we're going to shut that down. But unfortunately, when you're making so many sales still, it just leaves you open to that liability. And we want to make sure we're compliant with all the states and everything. So if anybody's confused on why she's doing so much work, that would be why. I do 
want to just ask you a couple of other questions, like an aside. Do you find it difficult, especially in being a military spouse and juggling the schedules of two kids, of a husband and everything, do you find it challenging at all to find that balance between business and life for you and also to find like actual rest time? So I know that's something that we've talked about before. There's mm-hmm. We are trying to wear many different hats. I know it's been in your reels before, and I know you've been open about that. And so, yeah, if you just talk about that a little bit. Absolutely. There is definitely a balance, and I feel like the first year or two, I never said no to yeah. anyone in any order. It didn't matter. I wanted that. I wanted that customer. I wanted that sale, even if it came at a cost to my mental health. And I remember, and and there's certain seasons of life where it's going to be busier than others. And I think most product-based businesses can probably attest to the fact that the fourth quarter is always extremely busy Yes, because everyone's trying to get their holiday gifts and everything like that. And you're making that last push at the end of the year. But the first two years in business, I did not have good boundaries. I had a cutoff date for orders and I continued to take it every time someone asked I'll get it done I'll 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 do it it's fine and I recall being up till midnight and just and getting up super early and yeah I was worn down and I think when we moved to Virginia I did a better job that holiday season of sticking to my boundaries but this year, I really did. And I think, honestly, since, and, and it's going to seem weird, but I think since getting Maverick, I've also been more consistent with my boundaries as well because mm-hmm. we got him as a puppy. And he was pretty pretty strict schedule. Like, he wanted to go to bed at a certain time. So we all, my husband and I, that was the time we went to bed. He would stay in his kennel and sleep and we didn't have to get up in the middle of the night to let him go out. But, you know, he was on a pretty strict schedule and, you know, I was home with, obviously home with him, but he needed Mm. walks at certain times. He needed to be let out at certain times and I could not pay attention to what his needs were or else I would come back and he had eaten the kitchen towels or he was on the kitchen table because he was (laughs) a table serving jerk. But I, I do feel that honestly having him has caused me to not be working so late at night because those were the hours you know he hits seven o'clock at night and he's tired and he's actually cuddly and I can enjoy the time that I can sit down on the couch I can talk to my kids I can talk to Ben you know the evenings became my hey let's let's sit down let's watch tv together they'll watch tv and I'll read my book and yeah will i'll cuddle with the dog i'll t- cuddle with the kids and i found that like the end of the day i was able to wrap up everything and feel comfortable being done with it for the most part and that has been hugely helpful i think honestly of getting the dog of having that cutoff time like hey i should be done for the day and yeah. enjoy the last hour or two of the night not working my butt off and right and it has been helpful, but I believe that being strict with your boundaries is kind of key. And I absolutely I was 100% better about it this holiday season. And yeah. You were very strict I, on your on your last day ordering posts. And to I the was. point where 
I saw your post after the deadline and I was like, well, that rules that out for me. <laughs> so I was going to order. I was like, nope, she's done. We can't do this anymore. And I, I took one, one order, one ornament after I cut off my date. That was I'm it. I'm so proud of you. That's wonderful. And I'm proud of myself. And I really did not spend hours upon hours up at night working on things. Could yeah. I have been a little better about balance during the day? Absolutely. I am who I am. I mm-hmm. am a procrastinator and you will see that in my social media, in my reels. Well, I procrastinate like crazy, but I'm trying to be better. Yeah. Well, and the other thing too, it gets hard when you enjoy what you're doing. You really enjoy the products that you're making and the creativity that it allows you. It's going to sound weird, but I enjoy sitting here and looking at ad taxes and things. So, you know, it gets, it's easy to sit here from seven to the last night I was here until almost midnight and I had no complaints. Like it's, it's easy to do that, but that was not a good boundary day. That was a bad boundary day. <laughs> And so, you know, it it does become harder, I think, the deeper you get into your business and the more that you actually enjoy what you're doing. And we're people pleasers, and that's part of the problem, too. We all want to I am please our clients. 100% that. <laughs> yes. And then I do just have one final question for you. Is there a piece of advice that you would give to another military spouse who's thinking about starting a business, small, large, whatever it may be, what would you tell this person? I would tell them that you have to start before you're ready. You will Mm. give yourself a hundred excuses on why you are not ready to start and why you're not good enough and all of those things. And all you need is one good one to start. And you just need to do it. Just click. Just click click publish on that, on that link. And I made a lot of excuses in the beginning, and I honestly, I started my spousely shop in June or July of 2020, didn't list a thing, and I finally got the, hey, you're renewing for your quarterly, like, you know, I had 15 listings, I think, and it was a very minimal fee, and I'm like, I'm going to pay a $5 fee and not have a listing. I, I need to just post something. Yeah. I mean, I'll spend $4 at Starbucks, no problem, but I'm right. spending $4 not, not for the, that. No, but you, you have to sometimes just take that leap of faith and go with it because you have to think in the back of your mind, instead of thinking what's the worst that can happen, what's the best that can happen? Because it could be better than you ever anticipated. And I truly feel like that's what this journey has been for me. It was better than I thought. Well, it's just adorable. That's very good. Oh. Well, thank you so much for being on today. I had a really good time. Me too. Uh, thank you for having me. Thank you for coming. And hello, Maverick. You can't see him because we didn't video film this. but He's adorable. He'll be making his appearance on Katie's Instagram again, I'm sure. You are so cute. But 100%. So if you be haven't there. and you want to look at Maverick, go over to Katie's Instagram. It will be in the show notes. Mine will be in the show notes. If you liked this episode, Please screenshot, tag me in it on your stories. Let me know your comments. Email me if you have any questions. Otherwise, I'll see you here in a couple of weeks. Thank you again, Katie. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe and follow Tatum Accounting on Instagram. You can also do us a huge favor by leaving a review. 
It's the best way to support us. Let's catch up next week, same time, same place.